He shook his head and dipped a corner of his cornbread into an egg yolk. What's bitch? His son asked from under the table. He was lying beside Blue, the patriarch of their brood of hound dogs, and the only one they allowed inside, excepting, of course, Belle, who was in the barn to keep her from dripping blood all over the floors. The boy was five, and without any siblings of his own, had taken to acting like he'd been sired by Blue, along with the six others, that even now the man could hear pacing around the porch, growling and snapping, every one more a nuisance than the last. Get up here and eat your eggs, he said. No. The man looked over his fork at his wife. Honey, she prodded, it's time to eat. No. Then after a moment, what's bitch? It's a girl dog, his mother said. You know that. Belle's the only bitch we got. She is. Pa drowned the rest. He did? Why'd he do that? You'll have to ask him. Why'd you drown them other bitches, Pa? The man cut around the perimeter of his egg white, trimming the edge, yellowed and crisp from the pan. He wrapped the golden frill around his fork and fed it into his mouth. Weren't no other choice, he said. Scooping the rest of the egg onto his bread, he stuffed the lot into his mouth, then reached for his mug. Bits of charcoal floated on top of the boiled water strained through chicory. He teased one towards the edge with a fingernail, easing it up the side of the tin cup, then pressing his thumb pad onto it and holding it up, studying the black dot. If Ma has a girl, you goin' drown her too? That's not hardly the same thing. Why? The man squished the moat between his thumb and his forefinger and looked to his wife again. Your ma ain't likely to birth a dog. She birthed me, and I'm a dog. The man covered his frown by licking his thumb. He took up the mug of chicory and drank it all at once. It was bitter, and the heat of it burned his throat. He then stood and picked up his switch from the table and walked to the door. His straw hat hung from a hook beside it. He lifted it off, set it on his head, and reached for the door's latch with a languor that suggested he'd rather be plodding up the stairs towards bed. As he stepped onto the porch, there was a sudden clattering as the dog scurried to get out of the reach of his switch. I'll be in the shop, he said. Send the boy out when he's done. When the boy came out of the house, the six dogs lay bunched in front of the workshop's door, panting against the heat and casting wary glances at the sun's advance upon their haven of shade. Sky, he called from the porch. The youngest hound didn't so much as lift his head from his paws. On the porch's hewn cedar post, there was a thermometer made from a flat circle of wood cut from the thick end of a birch tree. Numbers lined its perimeter around a tightly coiled strip of metal. A nail was soldered to it, and its tip was inching past thirty, though the sun had barely risen above the tree line. The boy pried the nail back with his finger, as if he could trick the heat into retreat and let go. The coil pinged, and he strode down the steps. The angry stomp of his foot leathers would have seemed funny to his mother, though he'd never been more serious. God damn it, Sky! he bellowed in pale imitation of his father. Don't make me whip you! As he crossed the yard, he could hear faint strains of music. It was coming, he knew, from his father's gramophone, which he always listened to when he was working in his shop. Tinkering, his mother called it, in her more generous moods. Drums rolled like thunder, 
and then out of them rose a harmony of strings that reminded him of the first sprinkle of rain before a deluge. Violins, the boy thought, and then a deeper sound, a cello maybe. As he passed into the shade, Sky averted his eyes and then whimpered when the boy grabbed him by the scruff of his neck and tried to drag him to his feet. He was as heavy as a bag of sand. Well, you ain't no fun, the boy said and kicked dirt at him. That you out there, boy? His father called through the open door. Come on in here. I'll let you drill one of the holes. The boy wound through the maze of paws and lolling tongues and stopped at the small door set inside a larger one, the latter big enough to drive a bull moose through. The former was open a crack, and he peered in at his father, hunched over at his workbench, fitting a length of doweled wood into one of the holes he'd drilled along the frame of what was to become a crib. What are you waiting on?